Hey everyone, and welcome to Zero Distortion. Well, this one's been a long time coming. Today we're finally going to talk about an album that's been out for a good while. It's from this year. Well, yeah, this year. Because uh, this episode's still coming out in 2020. Anyways, uh, we're talking about Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape by Black Crown Initiate. These guys are something else. I think the first song I ever heard from these guys was from their, not the most recent album, not this one, but the last album that came out in, I think it was 2016. It's weird. Sometimes bands, you know, put out an album every couple years, multiple albums a year, uh, every album every year. And then there's bands that take like four or five years to put out albums. And then there's Tool and like System Up and Down and stuff like that guys like that but anyways i think it was the self-titled track from their last album selves we cannot forgive that i first heard where i was like wow this is different like most progressive metal progressive death metal seems to kind of it tends to either veer into being technical death metal where it's like really fast and really I mean, technical, but not as progressive, or it's, it's like Opeth, like, it's got the creepy feel, the creepy vibes, the death metal vocals, the acoustic passages, the folksy kind of feel, but there's, there's, it's hard, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of bands that really are out there that tend to break that mold, I, I have trouble finding them. Like, I find, obviously, plenty of really good, actually progressive death metal bands. And see, like, Blood Incantation, they they have a lot of progressive tendencies. They also have a lot of technical tendencies, so they're kind of in between. Now, like, Cryptic Shift, something like that, they're... They're, they're more on, like, the technical thrash, progressive thrash, technical death metal kind of side. Now... They have, like, incredibly progressive-sounding, weird-sounding, off-kilter songs. But they do lean a little bit more into the technical side of things. Now, when it comes to, like, progressive, like, progressive death metal, like, not along the lines of Opeth, but, like, death metal that is very strange odd time signatures weird instrumentations you know things like that i think of like the first time i heard gojira back in i think it was 2005 i heard uh too serious too serious for the very first time like stuff like that these guys i don't want to say they're not technical they are technical but i don't know they they lean very much so on their more strange progressive tendencies and i'm i'm here for it black crown initiate it's an awesome band this album was released august 7th of this year it runs about 50 minutes and it's comprised of nine tracks now i mean one of them is almost like a i don't know it's like a companion piece to another track that comes later and then there's one there's one that's a spoiler alert a uh like a transition track and then one the, the outro but like d don't 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 get it twisted everything on this album like totally slaps i mean i i, I got to shut up so we can start getting into this thing like now let's do it all right, so let's start off with the first impressions of this album. So immediately, I thought it's a pretty awesome follow-up to Selves We Cannot Forgive. It, but not quite up to snuff with it. It's really close with some real standouts, but there was, n but no cigar. But after time, I've come to kind of agree with everybody. This may be the best that they've been since Song of the Crippled Bull 
I mean, that was their first EP. It was one. E- it was an EP, four continu- four tracks that run continuously with a continuous story and theme, and was uh, the musical themes and motifs carry throughout them, and it's incredible. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's one of those debuts that's like, how, how is this? first offering you guys have and it's not quite like warforged warforged debut full length was a 73 minute monster that will be covered here soon we're getting there it's almost done i'm almost done i swear and as soon as i'm done with noting notes on it i'm going to sit down and get it all recorded so i can get it out there probably not going to make it as first episode of the year that's probably going to be the double episode so you know just bear with me anyways yeah it's not very often you see like very first album or ep debuts like this like with like song of the crippled bull i mean what else is there like i don't know others by no one's dr breacher book one What's the one that everybody loves? Uh, oh my God. Quiet World by Native Construct. Those guys just blow your mind. Prelude by The World is Quiet Here. Came out of nowhere. No, n- nothing. Just bam, there you go. It's, it just makes no sense where these bands even come from with the, the audacity to be that good and that polished on their first proper release like how dare they (laughs) anyways their next album the wreckage of stars their first full length i don't think i've fully listened to i haven't and then there's selves we cannot forgive which is really good there's some songs where i kind of drift a bit but it's pretty consistently awesome but but I'll tell you this right now. This 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 album feels more consistent than even selves. It feels it feels mighty. Like it it carries a different air with it than selves. Okay, real quick, right here, I seem to have lost some audio. Probably some more exposition on the previous album that I now cannot retrieve. So it's uh, just gone. Not sure what happened, folks. So uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Anywho, uh, yeah. So I'm just dropping this in here. The next part, I'm talking about the first track, Invitation. It's obvious after a few seconds of listening, but I just wanted to clear that up. So anyways, we continue. I think it was the second single from the album. The first single that was actually in the form it would be in on the album because the first single was uh using the frigid light and they re-recorded it for the album thank god i mean the original version was fine but the re-recorded version is vastly superior so invitation starts off with a really slow build with clean lyrics and guitar it's lots of tension because you know it's going to be insane if you know this band sure enough it gets heavy before we even hit two minutes in lots of nice dissonance in the verse and a pretty catchy chorus you're gonna find that i'll call these guys catchy a lot and you wonder how can death metal be catchy it can it really can like i don't know these past few years i've been seeing bands putting out almost accessible death metal like death metal that you could ease your friends into, your normie friends, you know, nor, you know, your friends who don't listen to heavy music like this, you could almost ease them in, and they could almost prob, they could almost, kind of maybe vibe with some of the stuff. But I digress. And then you get the eight string truly showing itself, <laughs> an insanely heavy drop just almost out of nowhere like you you think oh well this could be a seven string and then you just hear like a nasty f sharp just fully open f sharp note not a chord just a note 
you know what it sounds like. If you know, you know. And the, it kind of it's kind of similar to um, the beginning of Stench of the Iron Age after the initial buildup, and then you get um, you get the first hints of like heavy distortion coming in with the with just these super crunchy heavy chords and deep growls. It's uh, oof, it's wild. And then there's a really awesome solo about two-thirds of the way into the song. It sounds a lot better than the first time I heard it. I remember it being awesome, but not this awesome. I think I was driving somewhere, and I saw, oh, Black Crown Initiate put out a new a new single. Let's check it out. And I remember being like, this is a lot better than the last one. Well, flip-flop that. Like, now that Years, Years in the Frigid Light was re-recorded for the album, like blows this no not blows it out of the water this is still a really awesome song but man mm, anyways we'll get there and then you get kind of a opethian break i know i said i okay look let me clear the air on something i've said it before i love opeth not the biggest fan of everything that came after watershed still good it's just not my it's just not my speed for them it's not what made me love opeth so I have trouble grooving with it. It's good. I don't fault them for changing their style up. They're artists. They should do that. If you don't evolve, then what are you doing? Um, I mean, unless you find, you know, the keys to the kingdom with a formula that just works like, I don't know, Fear Factory, who rarely like makes huge changes to their sound anyways. But there's been... There, there's been like waves and waves of these Opethian sounding bands like, you know, Wilderun, Wilderun. I never know how to pronounce it. That's that's probably one of the best ones. They bring that Opeth sound, but they have like their own their own kind of folky thing going on, though. Like, really, if you're looking for a band that sounds like Opeth, I mean, come on, Um then there was this band called Dreykmere that came through that I, that sounds a lot like them. Like, some of these bands get... I mean, it's like when I see for the FFO, for fans of, I'll see Opeth. And it's kind of like, I don't want to hear that. Like, Opeth is done doing what I enjoyed hearing Opeth do. And I'm done looking for bands that sound like Opeth from the time that I really enjoyed their music like I'm, I'm tired of it I want something different and this this is different but they do kind of go into that um <laughs> that kind of you know uh, the, I always call it the kind of dark foresty shadowy kind of misty vibe <laughs> that Opeth always brought to the table back in the like late 90s and late 90s to the mid 2000s late 2000s i guess with watershed because i mean but i guess they still do maybe uh, i don't know their music doesn't feel the same it doesn't carry the same kind of like dark angst that it did back in the day anyways so you get a break and then it drops back into the chorus and then you get that heavy riff again but now it's with tremolo so it's even heavier as a so when i say that i mean as opposed to just like you know i said it was just the f sharp note now it's not an f sharp note now where that f sharp note was you've got these tremolo picked palm muted f sharps i say f sharp it could be e it, i don't know what it is but anyways it makes it sound even more fierce and heavy this is an awesome start to the album I don't know what it is, but something is different from the last album. They just carry a different kind of feel from the last album. Like, I don't know. It's almost like before this, they were caught in some kind of... It's almost like the last album was a depression. Not that it was bad. Not that they're depressed or something, so they didn't make good music. It's almost. It's like it feels like you're depressed. And this feels like coming out of that depression. Just... 
the way the music carries itself. It just feels totally different. So now we get, it's going to be confusing, but we get Son of War. Son as in my son. It's very confusingly named. Anyways, we start off kind of heavy but understated. The song feels a little like a transitional track, probably meant to complement the confusingly named Son of War later on. Son as in the Son. There isn't really a lot to pick up here. It's very heavy and dissonant. It also has a really awesome, yet again, catchy chorus that will probably be back later in the album, if I had to guess. It's a very understated song. It's created to be less of a song, but more part of something larger, it feels like. And also, this is where they say the title of the album. They say Violent Portraits of Doomed Escape, I think, right at the very end. Now... Now this is where the album starts to get like really, really juicy. So drama bonds, some nice clean chords to start. And I don't know, it has some kind of, some kind of effect on it that it's not like echo. It feels like you start, it's, it's like the chords start playing and then they kind of like drift a little bit and then they come back it's almost like they're going from channel to channel i don't i don't know if that's an effect or just a, pro, pro, a blah, blah, production trick i have no idea none whatsoever but i will say this it's it sounds incredible and it kind of gets you lost in the beginning and then you get hit in the head with my favorite riff on this whole album and like if you go listen to this riff this is what i like my progressive death metal to be like, yeah, it can be a little technical, but I want it to, like, throw me off. I love those really long riffs. I will go back to Opeth here. I love those really long riffs that they do that are, like, quite a few measures long, but there's no repeating. Like, think of Ghost of Perdition's main riff. Like, the very first actual riff, heavy riff that you hear. Or, um, Deliverance. Think of those riffs like that. I love riffs that do that. This one isn't quite like that, but I don't know. It carries a similar weight. It carries a weight to it, and it feels it feels incredible. Now, speaking on their riff crafting, uh, they're really great at making interesting heavy riffs. Like they're not all samey. They're rather like flowing and different. It's like they use new they use old ideas in new ways as opposed to just there's a difference between just repeating stuff over and over and over in the old tired ways that they've been done before and taking those old ideas and presenting them to you in a new way and these guys are really good at doing that like i could probably be hearing the same riffs over and over but they're packaging it in different ways at different times so you know it feels different and then you've got a soaring chorus, one of the best from them ever. Definitely a highlight in the album. Not just not just on this album, but ever, as far as their choruses go. This is a great chorus. I put it up against from their last album, like Belie the Machine and uh buh, 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 what's there's another one. Uh, uh anyways, let's move on. Now, I love a heavy band. That can also have his <laughs> catchy choruses that I'll be singing for weeks to come. Now, remember, I said it almost feels like it's accessible. It's like radio-friendly death metal. Now, this is a new concept to me, but it's happening. And it's happening faster than I would have expected. Now, I always kind of wanted death metal to be a little bit more accessible. But, I mean, it's so raunchy and just gross in some sectors. Like, when you get into the grinds, like, it's it gets just out there. So, of course, people aren't going to want to look at it. But you get stuff like this. And then, remember, last, no, two years ago now. God, 2020 is crazy. It feels like 2018 was, like, four years ago. Like, Rivers of Nile made Where Owls Know My Name. And if you listen to that, it, 
there's something different about it from their last album. Their last album feels really scary and monstrous. And I, I, I haven't even finished their last album. But when you listen to Where Owls Know My Name, and it's partially because they brought in saxophone and, I don't know, it it doesn't feel like it's super over the top with the technicality. Then again, what I heard from their second album didn't really seem like it was over the top either. But it's kind of like this album. There's nothing that's like super over the top as far as like the technicality goes. There's nothing that's just like balls to the wall, insane, like how did that happen? Like I can't. I can't comprehend what they're playing. It's it's something that I can't say you could put it on your local rock radio station at like, you know, midnight or something. You could. I, I know our local uh, hard rock station, 100.3 The Edge, they have or had a metal show Saturday or Saturday night, I think it was. And, I mean, they played... They played a fair bit, like, the popular heavy stuff that was going around at the time. And, like, some older cuts, too. Because, I mean, that's that's what they do on the radio. I mean, that station plays, like, you know, ACDC and Black Sabbath songs like they came out yesterday. Like, they're brand new. But, accessible death metal is becoming a thing. Now, I don't want to be too crazy with it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, in... Like in a few years, we have death metal bands on our rock radio stations because they're like, I, I imagine a band playing, playing in a similar vein to Tool, but in a similar, in a similar vein, not exactly like Tool, but with the similar kind of feel, like a band inspired by Tool, like a Carnival or like a Richelieu or, you know, I'm not super familiar with those bands. I just know that they are, they're of that ilk. They're cut from similar cloth and, uh, they're both inspired by Tool, if I'm not mistaken, sound wise. And I just, I just imagine bands that musically sound like that with a little bit of that death metal edge thrown in, not unlike Slipknot does, with death metal vocals and clean vocals getting on the radio. I mean, it's already happened, guys. Listen, I was surprised driving. This is just a huge tangent, but it's almost over. I swear to, I swear to God. I was driving one day. It was a few years ago. And I heard so, I heard a song start that I didn't totally recognize. I was listening on Sirius XM, and I was listening to uh, Liquid Metal, and I looked, and it was a uh, it was a newer Gojira song, and I was like, "Cool, awesome, Gojira's got newer stuff coming up, it's coming out, that's cool." And uh, then I had turned it to I think it was Octane, which is like the hard rock station on Sirius XM. And Gojira was there too at some point. I think they were playing Stranded. What were they playing on Liquid Metal? Because you can usually find the dichotomy. It's like with Slipknot. When they've got a new album out. It's like... uh, Like Dead Memories would be on Octane. And then Liquid Metal would be playing like Psychosocial. Or it would be getting into deeper cuts on the album. Like This Cold Black or something. Uh, I feel like they were playing maybe Silveria. Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, and then at one point, we ran out of our uh, Sirius XM uh, service. So I was listening to 100.3, and I think it's called The Shooting Star. The first song from Gojira's last album was just playing on my local rock station. I was floored. Gojira like this weird progressive death metal band they're not totally progressive death metal anymore i guess but this totally obscure band is on my radio this obscure band i've known about for like 10 years now is on my radio like that's insane it's like 20 years after they freaking started and they're on my radio my radio in freaking arkansas it's crazy Okay, so with all of that said, let's get back to the freaking song, Trauma Bonds, if 
we've forgotten at this point, which I almost did. So now with the ending, the ending is, is so good. The riff with the double bass and blast beats, the vocals flying above. Oh, the lead that comes in, it all just comes together so perfectly. This is this this is one of their best songs that they've done, guys. Like really, one hundred percent. I put this album up against the song of the crippled bull, their debut EP. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I might lean towards this more than crippled bull, because with song of the crippled bull. My main favorites from that album are the first song, Stench of the Iron Age, and the last song, Song of the Crippled Bull. Like, those are my favorites. The two in the middle, I'm not as big on, but, I mean, there's, there's so much There's so much more to, like, really soak in on here. It's, it's, it's hard for me to say this can't be better because, I mean, it's almost blasphemy to say that they've made a better album than Song of the Crippled Bull. But it could, it could be. And next is Years in the Frigid Light. This is the first song we heard from this one, but is in a different form. Like I said, this is the superior version. It's pretty close, but just, it's very improved. Like there are a lot of changes in the vocals. Like the very first guitar part was it was a lot more muted, I think, in the original version. And then I think the very first chorus was done in a similar way. It was like muted and in the background and it just doesn't sound that great. The first time you hear it, it's like, that's pretty cool. But once you hear the, the real quote unquote version on the album, it's like, whoa, that's, that's, that's really weighty and heavy and it feels so much better it really wastes no time getting into it surprisingly this is the first more sinister sounding song bearing some resemblance to songs from selves but it still has kind of that like i don't know like it's almost like a cockiness like an arrogance like a sureness that they have now not that they didn't have it before, but it's like, it feels like I'm hearing it in their music, and I like it. Now, not to say selves isn't great. I love music that sounds sad or depressing or just dark. I love it. And don't get me wrong, the music here is dark on this album. Oh, we haven't even gotten to the darkest thing on the album, and the darkest thing on the album isn't even due to music. Una momento. We gotta stop with the tangents here, cause uh, otherwise it's gonna be like you know, like sixty minutes, and uh, I will have talked about uh, precisely nothing. So the chorus, probably the best from this album, and again, I mean, one of the best they have in their discography. I, I implore you, I put it up against pretty much any other chorus they have and i haven't even listened to the wreckage of stars all the way through i put it up against anything on the wreckage of stars blindly like this this chorus is massive and just so emotional it it literally soars it's so good they really have some of the best choruses in death metal which is a weird thing to hear yourself say the music in this song swirls and spirals around you it sucks you in almost it's almost hypnotic like i got lost in the ver in the second verse while writing this Ugh, so crazy like by the time i i just i like i just got lost again thinking about it i was listening and it just it sucked me in and by the time i came to like it was already at the big sweeping chorus because see the first chorus in the song is really light and understated and it's only half of the chorus but then the second time he belts it out and there isn't really a bridge part though which kind of makes it feel like it could have had more to it that's pretty much the most nitpicky i'm probably gonna get here though 
Now, the ending build is really nice. It's a much heavier riff than the rest of the song. Interesting beat. Not sure what the time is there. I wasn't really paying attention to that. It leads nicely into the next uh, song. The music pummels on until you can hear some kind of like throat singing. And then that stops and then bellow begins. So this is pretty much a great place to put a transition track because nine tracks, track five, it's right in the middle. Okay, real talk. This scared the crap out of me the first time I heard it. I was sitting at work, just coding away, listening to this album, rocking out, having a good time, and just thinking that that, that, that was the end of the song. And then this happened. I just stopped and stared and listened for two minutes straight perplexed and terrified it's literally two minutes of throat singing with the throat singing growing more and more into growls if you don't know that that's coming (laughs) you're in for a rude awakening because it is it's terrifying it is an awesome halfway mark for the album plus the atmosphere is insane it sounds cavernous and claustrophobic like you're surrounded by these this like you're surrounded by some indigenous tribe that's about to just murder you now that's not meant to be insensitive i know that's not what indigenous tribes are about but this sounds like and this sounds like you're in the jungle and you're literally about to be murdered by the inhabitants just simply for being there that's what this sounds like it's terrifying especially when the singing becomes a growl like i get chills absolute chills thinking about it it's it's wild (laughs) but it's so effective it totally throws you off off your game i know it did i know it did me next we have another one of the singles death comes in reverse I can't remember if it was the last single or I can't remember. I think it was Years in the Frigid Light, then Invitation. And then I think Death Comes in Reverse, Son of Son of War. The Son, Son of War. And another song that has not been mentioned that we'll mention when we get to it. Anyways, This one almost sounds like it's going to be like a death and roll song at first. And I mean, the feeling of it, it kind of is. It has an interesting start. Kind of a creepy southern kind of sound, like Mastodon almost. And then business picks up to quote good old J.R. Jim Ross, speaking of southern, uh, with some distortion coming in, making things more dissonant and uncomfortable. And this one definitely has a twang to it. I don't know how else to explain explain it it's like southern it's like a southern metal or southern rock it makes for an interesting sound compared to what we've heard so far (laughs) i mean thus far everything's been pretty heavy not really all that groovy but this one gets heavy and down it gets downright groovy it really sounds like some southern metal like i i can't even throw you southern metal bands i don't i don't know enough like, I can't say, I can't say. It, it's, it like sways back and forth, almost shambling. It's perfect for head bobbing. The creepy guitar parts from the end and beginning remind me of just a little bit of corn. Like, I always say, after Take a Look in the Mirror, when Head left, he took the creepy, the disturbing kind of sound the little atmospheric bits and the leads that he added with with him they were taken for granted and when he left you could tell they were gone as as early as see you on the other side like without him it see you on the other side is pretty good but it it feels hollow it feels like there's something missing 
and I realized exactly what it was when I first heard. I think it was Mass Hysteria was the first song I heard with Head Back, and it just felt different. It was it felt right. It was right, and I, I the, the those little bits they always remind me of those all those like kind of creepy little little guitar bits. They always remind me of Corn. It's probably my least favorite track so far. Death comes in reverse, but it's far from bad. That's just it's just me. I'm not a huge fan of it. So now we go to Sun as in the Sun of War. I have to keep clarifying because otherwise it'll get confusing. Starts off with uh, clean guitars. Probably the most somber start we've had so far. It seems to have a similar feel to Sun as in my Sun of War. A little over two minutes in, we get the heaviest riff we've gotten so far. It's absolute insanity. It's almost a new metal tone here. I mean, kind of. It's like it's kind of like a tone of uh, Nevermore's album "Enemies of Reality," the original, the original uh, version. Before they like remastered it, like the first mastering, they weren't satisfied with, and they had to do another master. I think they both sound pretty close, but I do pick up the differences. It's not quite as stark as like when I listened to the version of Nothing by Mashuga with the seven strings before they got their signature eight strings and the version with the eight strings. There's a complete and total difference. And I don't know which one I like more. I don't know which sound I like more. Same with the Nevermore one. I, I'm not quite sure. But one of the biggest complaints was the tone sounded like new metal, which to me is not a bad thing at all. To me, if you're playing in like that sweet spot of B, especially A, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be doing something special if you don't have kind of a new metal sound to your music. But either way, um, yeah, this kind of reminds me of that first version of Enemies of Reality where they where everyone was like, "Ooh, it sounds too new metal." I'm like, uh, "Who cares? Who cares? It's Nevermore. Nevermore could literally be a new metal band, and I would not care." Anyways, the chorus riff almost has kind of a slight Eastern feel from maybe like two notes. It's weird. It's almost like, um, what scale is it? I think it's the Phrygian scale. It feels like two of the notes are taken from that scale. So it has kind of a very slight Eastern feel. And that slight Eastern feel makes it feel like the whole riff is has an Eastern you know, tendency about it. Then about halfway through, we get the return of the riff from Sun, as in My Son of War. <laughs> then the song picks up and gets really fast. And we get an absolutely nuts solo. This is probably the hardest hitting song on the album, like overall. Not so far. Like, overall. After hearing everything again a few times. It's a step up from the previous song, but still not beating that whole first half of the album. The whole first half is just so strong. And, you know, Death Comes in Reverse is not... I don't know. I've, could they have picked a better single? It's like... If they had picked a different single, they probably would have had to go with Trauma Bonds. If that doesn't, if that probably gives away what the other single actually is. If I had, if by process, if you go by process of elimination and what I said earlier at the beginning with one song being an outro, another one being an interlude, which we talked about, and one being a companion piece, which we've talked about. So that kind of leaves, you know. And we've already talked about seven out of nine tracks off the album. So you've probably figured out the next song, Holy Silence, is that other single that I didn't mention. But yeah, they probably would have had to give away Trauma Bonds. And I mm, that 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 would have made the album more disappointing because one, they OK, let me talk about it. They put out too many singles. I feel like that's one real issue I have because, I mean, let's be real here. What was new 
what was new that I heard when I heard this album for the first time? I had already heard Invitation. Son, as in my son of war, was new. Trauma Bonds was new. Years in the Freezer Light, eh, that's like a point five because it was re-recorded and it was better. Bello was new. Okay, hold on. I'm losing count. So we're at 2.5, 3.5 for Bello. Uh, no, we'll just, Bello and Years are going to be 0.5, so that's 3. And then Death Comes in Reverse was a single. Son of War was a single. Holy Silence was a single. He is the Path is the outro. So, I mean, it's like I'd already heard half of the album, really. And, you know. If you would, if you had given me one of my one of the best songs on the album as a single, I mean, you already gave us "Years in the Frigid Light" and "Invitation," which are two of the best songs on the album. You also gave us "Son of War," which is a great song, "Holy Silence," which is again one of the best album, one of the best songs on the album, and then you gave "Death in Reverse," which is like a, it's a middling song. You couldn't give us "Trauma Bonds." You couldn't give us all of the good songs as singles, and then the rest of the album is like very good to middling like you can't do that but my take on that would be you put out years in the frigid light the way it was and then i don't know maybe you do invitation maybe you don't maybe you i, I would also say don't put out holy silence holy silence is fantastic I would say, ah, oh, man, it's it's hard. I, I'm not going to, like, fantasy book the singles for this album the way I would have done it. I, that would take more thinking and planning that uh, I haven't done because, you know, this is just a review. So this is the second longest song on the album uh, after Invitation. Invitation's, like, right at eight minutes. This one is, I don't know, it's like ten seconds shorter, I think. Yeah, about 10 seconds. It's about like 8 seconds shorter. Not a big deal. There's quite a build-up before taking off a, taking off about a minute in. It begins with the chorus before coming to a halt. Then there's almost an atmospheric section with kind of distant whispered screams over light guitar. It's really, really terrifying sounding. And then we get a heavy riff with kind of a Gojira-style pick scrape. You know, the one that sounds... I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's just a pick scrape. Like, go listen to... that. Go listen to, like, the really squealy sound in Ocean Planet by Gojira, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I call it a hallmark of Gojira. Like, when I first heard... Um, Thy art is murder. No, not thy art is murder. <laughs> Fit for an autopsy. When I first heard them, when I first heard stuff from uh, The Great Collapse, and they were using that same technique a lot, I called it the Gojira technique. Um, I still do. I call it the Gojira pick scrape at this point, since I have like the right terminology now. So uh, this may be the heaviest song overall like on the on the album lots of low end used to great effect like throughout most of the riffs use the low f sharp or e whatever it is at some point most of them do and so you haven't really seen a lot of that you've had more of that let's kind of keep that in our pocket and when it's effective to use it we use it like an invitation it doesn't start off throwing the heaviest the heaviest sounds it has at you and then it gets to that uh, first chorus and it goes through and it's like, this is nice. This feels even heavier. And then you get that just that drop and it blows you. It blows you back. And they they do that a lot. But on the second half, they just they just throw in these really heavy riffs like the ones from uh, Sun as in the Sun of of War, not nothing. That's a different band. And yeah this one i i feel like throughout you've got these really low end sounds that make for up to probably the heaviest song on the album and then you get an acoustic break near the end and that leads into an 
absolutely majestic outro. Another godly solo over a huge dissonant riff before fading out. Like, come on. <laughs> it's just that easy. Like, it's, it's just that simple. Like, uh, see, and that that's why I didn't listen to the singles. When I realized that they were putting out so many singles, when they had a third one come out, I was like, I'm not going to listen to this because I fear they're going to put out maybe one more because I don't know when this album's coming out exactly. And lo and behold, they put out two more after the third one. I didn't listen to Death Comes in Reverse, Son of Nothing, or Holy Silence. That's pretty much the last half of the album. I just realized that. I didn't listen to those until the album first came out. So, you know, yeah. But yeah, I would say Years in the Frigid Light, release it. And then maybe Son of, mm, Son of War has a companion piece. Holy Silence. I would say Invitation. I would say just release Invitation and that's it. Then you've got that whole back half to look forward to of new stuff. So I said I wasn't going to fantasy book it, but it was easier than I thought. Then we have the final song, He is the Path. This is pretty much just a reprise of the theme from Invitation, but now on keys. With very deep, low, clean vocals. Makes for an interesting outro to the album. Really brings things completely full circle. Especially if you're listening with it like on loop. And it just loops right back around the invitation. It makes for an interesting thing. It probably throw you off a little bit. Now, overall, it's an awesome album. One of the best of the year. One of my favorites of the year. It's fun, heavy, super catchy. And there's not a whole lot of holes in it. The second half is mm, a lot stronger than the first. Now... Holy Silence is fantastic. Son of War is great. But then you've got, I mean, Death Comes in Reverse. It's not a bad song. It's just not, it doesn't hold up to the first half. It doesn't hold up to that standard. And it's the first thing you hear of the second half of the album. It's not, I don't know if it's meant to feel like it's two halves, but it does because Bello is right in the middle. That's not really a bad thing for me. I mean, I'll leave that up to you to judge um, as fellow listeners. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't feel segmented or like, you know, forced or anything. It's just it's just how it feels just organically. But the first half, I mean, it's it's just so strong. You've got invitation. Son of War is like it's enough to keep you wanting more. Then you get trauma bonds and years in the frigid light, and it uh, it's insane. And meanwhile, on the other half, you've got you know really the two songs that hold it up again, in uh, the son of war and holy silence. But then like you've got you know death comes in reverse, which is not that strong, and he is the path, which is the outro. So it kind of feels uh, the second half feels a lot weaker than the first. But not by enough to make a huge difference. And then, like I said, for those that I'm, I'm sorry for those out there that listened to all the singles as they came out. I'm sorry, because you heard half of the album. It's like with Linkin Park. They released half the album. Now, they didn't release half the album. They didn't release half of Meteora before it came out. I think only Somewhere I Belong came out before Meteora. And then, like, Lying From You, Breaking the Habit, um... From the inside, like all, like half of the songs came out. So there were only some cuts that hadn't been just worn out on me by the time, you know, that album was relatively mature. Like there were just a couple of tracks that I could still go to and listen to, but the whole album was tired for me after a little while. That's why when bands are released, well, when they release a lot of singles, when it's when it's less known bands like this, it's not a big deal. The problem is preemptively releasing those singles because then you're releasing a boatload of your content, especially on like uh, like albums with less tracks. 
like on some of these like four or five track albums they release two tracks and it's like no put out one single do be like blood incantation they put out outer paths or inner paths to outer space and that was it that's all you got and that didn't even sound like the rest of the album go back and listen to my review of it and go listen to the album because that song sounds nothing like the rest of the album as i said it's almost false advertisement i kind of thought of suing them but alas so standouts obviously because i won't i won't shut up about them you probably know there's four of them trauma bonds years in the frigid light son of war the son of war and holy silence all all incredible songs like they just they just hold that whole second half up they they hold their respective halves up on their shoulders and it really it really makes for an incredible experience i go check them out go if you've never listened to this band before this is i usually would go for something something earlier in their catalog or something more personal to me that i feel is better but i feel it's this if you want to start with black crown initiate go listen to this album it's it's wonderful you will not regret it if this is the kind of music that you like you will not regret it i i had i had a great time with this one so yeah guys i think that's i think that's it for uh, violent portraits of doomed escape so yeah we're in the home stretch of 2019 last couple days and i lied or did i say 2019 2020 jesus we're in the last stretch of the year and i have lied to you guys because i think i said i would have like four or five new episodes out before year end Uh, that's not really gonna happen it's gonna be kind of close like i think i got three out i mean you guys i it's just i mean but now I've kind of retooled it, and the plan is this should come out on December 30th, should, barring disaster, and then hopefully the double episode can come out on the first and second days of next year. So, we'll we'll see. We shall see. We're we're gonna try. I am going to try. But either way, we're gonna we're gonna keep trucking along here. If you enjoy Zero Distortion, you can support by clicking the support button on my Anchor profile. You can pledge to my Patreon, patreon.com slash x3r0distortion. You can follow me at x3r0distortion on Twitter. Thanks, guys, and until next time.